Hey, I'm Clayton. And I'm Sean. And we're men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men who love movies and we love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. So this week we had something a little heavy. What did we watch this week, Clayton? Well, you know, I love picking out the light movies. So this week I picked 2010's (laughs) Winter's Bone. And I picked it because I just really like it. It's a fantastic performance. It just makes me want to give J-Law a hand. Ha ha. And uh, we've also got a special guest to help us out today. (laughs) I had to. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Did you though? Did you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, My buddy Russell Garrett from the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network and wonderful friend of mine is here with us today thank you for coming thanks for having me yes we're excited to have you russell what is your relationship to winter's bone why did you pick this out of our list <laughs> uh <laughs> uh you sold me out i did um so you sent me the list and i was like i i hadn't seen it but i thought it was a different movie i thought it was the devil's backbone which is like the unofficial prequel to pan's labyrinth and i was like i haven't seen wonderful that. I film watch it. <laughs> yeah i imagine i still haven't seen it yet oh no yeah <laughs> you, you know what i just realized is there's a little story we may get it to later but uh that was the movie that clayton showed me in that story we were talking about <laughs> oh <laughs> so this just kind of came all the way back around didn't it <laughs> And to anyone listening, that story may be told one day, but it will not not be today. (laughs) Uh, Maybe if we cover The Devil's Backbone, which is good. We should cover it. It's a great movie. (laughs) And Pan's Labyrinth. I don't remember any of it. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Um, So had you ever even seen Winter's Bone? No, I hadn't. So oh. I got on IMDb, and that was when I was like, why is why is Jennifer Lawrence in this movie? And then I started <laughs> it, and I was like, this is not the movie I thought it was. Why is Jennifer Lawrence in this Spanish ghost story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't Jennifer Lawrence in more Spanish ghost stories? That's all I'm going to say. Oh, that's true. That would be wonderful. <laughs> like, that's all I'm going to say is why is she not in more of them? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so sean what about you what's your relationship to winter's bone <laughs> um so i don't have much of one uh when i watch it i realize i've seen parts of this movie like i've seen every part of it but not all together as a whole which really does kind of change how you feel about this movie because it is a very like gritty like almost documentary feeling kind of movie um so i had seen parts of it you know just because i i love jennifer lawrence so i was like oh she almost she's not gonna aim for an oscar at uh 20 you know kind of thing like oh and i you know of course clayton is you know a giant oscar head um i don't know if that's a term but we're adding it uh and so i i remember watching at least watching parts of this and i was like wow like jennifer lawrence is amazing um now that i've seen it all as a whole um it's incredible um really really dark and not something i'll watch not something i'll probably watch very often but yeah that's that's pretty much my story to it it doesn't give you the warm fuzzies 
should it (laughs) (laughs) should it though like i'm i'm i really think it's a no (laughs) (laughs) well that being said would either of you recommend this oh 150 percent yeah to the right person to the right person (laughs) yeah i definitely don't think it's for everyone i i did enjoy it i would recommend it but yeah i don't think i would sit and watch this with my niece but like but like yeah it it is a very good movie yeah i i think it's great it is not an uh, it's not like requiem for a dream level heavy but it's uh it's one of those heavy dramas definitely oscar bait (laughs) um yeah so you guys are ready to get into this let's do it for sure awesome so uh to get into a little bit of production on this film it was directed by deborah granick and she also did the screenplay along with ann roslini and it was nominated for best picture and best adapted screenplay so deborah granick got nominated for two that night it is based on a novel by daniel woodrell which I have not read, but I have heard is quite good. Um, Jennifer Lawrence obviously got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, or <laughs> Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> um, I'm so tired, guys. <laughs> um, John Hawks got nominated, even though I think uh, anybody got I nominated think Dale for Supporting Dickey should have been nominated. Dale Dickey for um, Best Supporting Actress, because Dale Dickey is amazing. That's just me. Yeah. John Hawks was very good, though. I don't really remember the Oscar race in 2010, but... His performance is more subtle, which I I, I mean, I do appreciate that. Like, it's very much a... I know we'll get into it more, but, like, his performance is very much a more kind of, like, quiet performance. And I like the fact that, like, his character kind of changes um, through, like, the, the film, which I think is, like, it's a very subtle change, but it does feel like there's a change to him. Yeah. For sure. I think he's very good and I everybody's good in it, which is amazing during most of them more actors. Um so uh, fun little personal story. This was filmed generally in the Forsyth, Missouri area, which is a very small town in Missouri. I only know its existence because um my mom's sister lives there, or at least used to live there, I don't know if she still does. And so I went out there as a child a bunch, um, to visit. And the high school in this movie, like, that's where my cousins graduated. I went there for their graduations and stuff. And um, I can't really speak to uh, the drug trade in this film <laughs> in the Forsyth, Missouri area. area. But um, the look of the people and, you know, it very much was filmed on location. It's cool to watch. Cause it's like, hey, I've been there. And this looks really accurate. And the gender dynamics are very accurate to the area. Um my aunt literally she's talking to my mom or something she'll be like how are your men um it's really weird um anyway that's my little personal connection to winter's bone (laughs) (laughs) that's Um, cool yeah really been there i did not notice lots and lots of meth though um but i was also (laughs) maybe i was too young it could have just been all around like i was every time i watch this i'm like hmm oh no you missed the neon sign wow (laughs) well you know because they're so open about it well uh, i mean according to them everyone's doing it which yeah you don't even have to bring it up like just everyone's doing it no but i oh man we're we're poking fun but it's not 
Like, <laughs> like, you have you have to. <laughs> it's, too, it's dark. It's really dark. Um. So, uh, the main actors we've got in this, we've got Jennifer Lawrence as the main character, Reed Dolly. Um, little non-actors, but amazing at it. Isaiah Stone as her little brother, Sonny, and Ashley Thompson as her little sister, Ashley. Um, Garrett Dillahunt as the sheriff. Um, Lauren Sweetser as you would learn in the novel, but not the movie. Maybe her ex-girlfriend? They kind of excised that, but you can still kind of pick up on that. I don't know if you noticed that, Russell. I know Sean picked up on it, but... Um, there, Yeah, there was like a little... It had a feel to it. But mm-hmm. they they weren't being. I didn't feel like it was like obvious. Yeah. Um. And she calls her sweet pea a lot. And then obviously the boyfriend does not, or husband does not like her. <laughs> yeah. And it just never really explains it. I guess it doesn't need to be explained. But I just still don't understand why they took that out. I mean, they could have just left in like a line or something about it. And uh, we've got John Hawk playing her uncle Teardrop, very terrifying man with a little bit of kindness got kevin bresnahan playing little arthur who may or may not be her cousin and apparently in the books raped her when she was younger and they just left that out and that's why like she didn't want to go over there um we've got the amazing gail dickie playing um matriarch of the family i guess you could say um yeah she's definitely a matriarch yes um i cannot pronounce her name her character name it's very um Marab, Marab, um, and her in the movie, she's married to Ronnie Hall, who plays Thump, a very terrifying man. We've got a fun little supporting role played by none other than Cheryl Lee herself. Um, Laura Palmer. I know. <laughs> I was like, it's so weird seeing her not dead. Um, <laughs> actually, she's she's not a bad actress. I think she got kind of typecast a little bit. Um, she's in this movie from john carpenter called vampires and while that movie is bonkers um you know how many times i've almost watched that (laughs) uh, it's it's good it's worth it um is is it the best movie ever made is it john carpenter's best film no and also no um but like it's fun and i think she actually does a pretty good job as in her part um but I, i do think she's kind of like and i mean of course twin peaks but you know do you know how many times I saw this movie before I realized that was her? <laughs> it's embarrassing. Really? Oh, yes. I was the first time I was like I was rewatching. I didn't even realize it when I saw it before, but I was watching it for the podcast yesterday, like the other day, and I was like, "Is that Cheryl Lee?" <laughs> like, it's like Cheryl Lee, and then I had to look it up on Wikipedia, and it was Cheryl Lee, and I was like, "Cheryl Lee." <laughs> yeah, I uh, say that. I always thought she looked vaguely familiar, and I could never place it. And then one time I was watching it and I just noticed the name, like either in the opening credits or end credits. And I was like, oh my God, it's Laura Palmer. <laughs> uh, I'm just so used to her. Like it, just that picture, just the picture of her like smiling as a young kid. Um, or her wrapped up in the. Well, you can't the... really see her when she's wrapped. <laughs> no, no, not like wrapped completely, but when they like unwrap her face. Oh yeah. And they're all like, oh my God, it's Laura Palmer. The one of the top three most iconic shots from Twin Peaks. Uh, man, good show. Um, and uh, the other person that I totally missed, Sean, you noticed this one um, in the cast. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed I did not. Yep, I saw um, the Bale Bondsman is 
uh, played by Tate Taylor, who is a little, he's a, he's not like hugely known as an actor. He's done a lot of work in I, acting, but he's actually the director he acted. of, mm-hmm. he's the, he's more well known for directing. He directed The Help, The Girl on the Train, Get On Up. He did that movie with Jessica Chastain, Ava, but I never watched it, so I, don't, I can't tell you if it's good. I did see Ava. It is not great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. I will watch that. The on Girl on the Train was not <laughs> the most wonderful adaptation either. Um, I mean, the, help, the Help was good, though. <laughs> I mean, it, it was not the worst adaptation I've ever seen, but not the best either. Uh, it made me very frustrated. I don't know if you uh, were I think that's kind of the point of the whole freaking book (laughs) (laughs) and movie. The book made me good frustrated. The movie, it made me bad frustrated. I don't know. Also, I did look up the 2010 uh, uh, Best Supporting Actor race. And Mm. uh, so that year, Christian Bale won for The Fighter. So, I mean, that was a hell of a performance. Um, Jeremy Renner for was nominated for The Town. Mark Ruffalo for The Kids Are All Right. And Jeffrey Brush for The King's Speech. So, I mean, it was a pretty good fight. Who was nominated for Best Supporting? That's what I'm at. Uh, actress. Oh, Best Supporting Actress. That I did not look up. Hang on. I was like, I want to know who Dale, why Dale Dickey didn't get it. Uh, keep going. I'll take a look later. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, damn. Um, so... Uh, yeah, anything you want to say about the people in this wrestle before we really get into the movie? Uh, I thought the performances were really good. Uh, I did thoroughly enjoy the change in character for Teardrop, uh, John Hawks. Um, yeah, he has a good good journey. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to his character, and you it it's all kind of played out through dialogue, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, even um in his opening scene with Jennifer Lawrence, he is so rough with her and just kind of shockingly violent and yeah. goes in the other room. But just like, even in that little scene, you know, he tells his wife, you know, give her this blah, 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 blah. And you can tell he's not just completely hardened as he seems. Yeah. Um, well, I th- he still recognizes her as kin, which I mean, like he may not like want her to get involved. He doesn't want to talk about it, but like, it doesn't not make him make her, you know, family, which I think is a, a big point in this movie is like they talk, they bring up Kin a lot. And I, I mean, we'll get farther into it once we're more into what we're talking into the, you know, the meat and bones of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, I, that was I swear that was not intended to be <laughs> unintended, but <laughs> you uh, you can give me a hand for that one later. Uh, uh, a winter's <laughs> bone, perhaps. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's. Very, I think it's more of a. I think that's why he, at first, like at first, he doesn't want her get, to get involved. But then I think he realizes, like, like I've got to help her. I got to at least figure it out. Also, um, just to let you know, the actress supporting actress Rice was. Melissa Leo, who won for The Fighter. Um, Amy Adams was also nominated for The Fighter. Helena Bottom Carter for The King's Speech. Oh, Haley yeah, that Steinfeld. was The King's Speech here. Yep, and then Haley Steinfeld for True Grit. And then Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, sorry. That was a weird year anyway, because The King's Speech beat The Social Network, so I just... 
Oscars are a wild, wild, ridiculous place. They mean nothing. I love watching them. I cannot wait. (laughs) (laughs) I still think of that quote. (laughs) There is this really weird TV show on in the 2000s called She Spies with Natasha Henstridge. And there's in the first episode, Barry Boswick plays like this senator who ran for president and lost and now he has a tv show and uh yeah i know that was frighteningly crushing um but like (laughs) but he uh his uh chief of staff is like i could have been running the entire country and now i'm running a soundboard (laughs) but he's like he says a quote that's always stuck with me and he's saying Hollywood is great and they deserve all the awards they give themselves (laughs) and that's what I think of every time the Oscars are on (laughs) but at the same time like I just went and saw Megan today and I'm just like can we give Megan best actress (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy that that was like my most anticipated horror film of the year and it just wildly exceeded anything I could have wanted so any of you that listened to our most anticipated and best of list, that one checked out. Great one. Go watch it. Wonderful time. <clears throat> but this movie, um, fun fact about Jennifer Lawrence's casting, she was originally turned down for being too pretty. And so her next audition, she ran 13 blocks in the sleet with a runny nose and hair she hadn't washed in a week and got the part, along with her first Academy Award nomination. That she would later win, just not for this role. Poor Jennifer That's awesome. Lawrence. Yeah, I still, even though she is very, uh, along with everyone else, they look very real, and she does look rough. Poor Jennifer Lawrence. She is still very gorgeous. For, um, she just looks like a poor person, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we want to? I mean, I that? agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she there's like Hollywood people gorgeous. gorgeous, and then like what people would look like if you're just gorgeous living like our lives. I'm poor. I'm not. <laughs> um, I think she just doesn't put makeup on. <laughs> is but... that what they did? Just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Honestly, that's probably like... all they did. <laughs> Take off your glasses. Take... Let down yes, your hair. that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> do the she's all that take off your glasses and suddenly you're gorgeous (laughs) don't put on makeup and suddenly you're poor i guess i don't know i don't like this (laughs) i think it's the costumes more than anything otherwise like if she just looks like jennifer lawrence without makeup i don't know i do think it's pretty like you're too pretty to play this but they didn't like monsterify her like charlie's or something uh whatever i don't know why i don't think they needed to um i mean again i didn't read the book maybe she was supposed to be like really nasty looking i i don't know i didn't read it i always meant to i will get to it maybe this year probably not thank you for that tiny little tangent (laughs) (laughs) you took us places i never expected to go uh i have taken us to worse places but Again, been up for like twenty four hours, so that is true. Gonna be a, gonna be a journey. Places. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. So this movie is basically about 
Jennifer Lawrence looking for her dad who has gone missing and is out of jail on bond and he has put up the family home and if he doesn't show they will lose everything and be out on the proverbial streets out in the wilderness of Missouri where it is very very cold and she has a mentally ill mother I think it's never really said um I think she is though she's I think it's like yeah i believe it is mental illness they say she got like used up by people there and it's it's very much like i think she's almost catatonic yeah she's very catatonic um and she's got you know the two little brothers and sisters to take care of so jennifer lawrence takes it personally and goes on a journey to find out where her dad is and that is the gist of the journey we'll be going on ourselves um so, what do you guys uh, think about how this movie opens? What it feels like? General thoughts. Well, I think it brilliantly like. I mean, you're immediately set in tone. It's almost like when you're in a play and like they play the overture, and then like you know the curtain opens, and you're immediately like you're put in a place and a time. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew you were gonna laugh. but i mean like that's exactly what you're kind of at like it's it's very much like it feels almost like the opening of a play or even the opening of a documentary like uh, that's something i really noticed with this movie is if it it feels very cold um which i think is a the weather (laughs) because it just looks cold there and then like also like it's very much it's very detached which I think is very important in order to keep like, like there's no sides to this movie. It's mm-hmm. just is. Yeah. I really like how it doesn't judge any of its characters or anything. It, even though some things might be despicable, but I mean, there's reasons and class issues and just lots of fun stuff, but I do really like how the film just doesn't judge either side. It's just, these are who the people are this is their story and i really appreciate just how real it is I mean, like i've been up there i was like these feel like real people which again i mean most of them weren't actually actors they were just locals in the area they wore their own clothes and did amazingly in front of the camera i don't think i could have looked that natural <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i pretty much agree uh i think it has a very lonely feeling uh, especially early into the movie uh, opening and you already just like feel like she's alone and she doesn't really have anyone to turn to. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of finds her way throughout the movie. She gets there. <laughs> yeah. I get so frustrated in this. Just the gender dynamics make me so mad. <laughs> Which, I, I don't know, it's just such a weird thing. Like It literally is in that area. Just, like, the men take care yeah. of everything, and she, like, didn't have anyone, and nobody would tell her anything just because she wasn't a man, and it's like, who is she supposed to have? Who is she supposed to have do this for her? And yeah. uh, she's just, she's so strong. So strong. I love love her performance and the character. I think it's great. But, yes, it does feel Well, very, do you very think they would have, they would have given her the same treatment if she was a man? Hmm. No. Like, because, she, I, and I, I, I mean, I... I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't know this, you know, part of the country very well myself, but like, I, 
I just wonder if, like, because she's also like a child, which is something that, like, I, I, she's seven, she's seventeen years old. So I mean, she's very much like the adult of her family, but she's also still a child. So I, I felt like for a lot of it, they're kind of trying to push her away, not only just to like keep what happens with her father from getting out, but also to kind of. I'm not sure if it's like completely to keep her away too. You know what I mean? I don't know. It, it's it, it it never really gets spelled out and it doesn't need to be, but I just always wondered or I want to know what you guys thought. Uh Russell, you go first. I Okay. I so I think I think there is a lot of dialogue surrounding them trying to like protect her because she's a child and it's not the di- that dialogue isn't necessarily specific specifically trying to stop her from finding out because she's a woman. I think that's more, I think that dialogue, uh, especially coming from, uh, mm, I don't remember her name. Dale Dickey's character. Yes. Uh, coming from her character, that dialogue I think is very specifically because she's a child because they're, they're both women. Mm -hmm. Uh, but when teardrop talks to her for the first half of the movie, it feels belittling because she's a woman. So I think it's depending on the character, which is actually one of the things I liked about the about the movie the most is how each individual character has its own have have already have their own ideas toward all the other characters, and they didn't like beat that over our head while also like showing us how it got there. It was just already there, so it feels it feels like the movie does pick up in a spot uh, where things have already happened and this world actually mm-hmm. exists. Yeah, it feels like a very fully realized world, which is, I mean, the movie's an hour and 40 minutes long and has kind of a lot of plot and a lot of characters. And they do all seem, even without a lot of dialogue for each individual character, you kind of get, there is very much a state of shared history and just grudges and things and just all this stuff. And I don't know, it's masterful. It's really masterful. I think this should have won a screenplay. Um, but it, yeah, it's really good. I I think it should have been. I think it should have just been flat out two hours. I think twenty more minutes could have mm-hmm. fleshed out a few more things about the characters, like her having the ex girlfriend, and they. I understand not including the stuff with the rape, but I mean they could have, and other movies have already done it at this yes. point in two thousand ten. Well, I kind of see it as, uh, sorry, I'm not cutting you off, am I? Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, I I kind of see it as like, this movie's not about romantic love in any way, shape, or form. It's about familial love. Yeah. Um, like because the entire movie is about like, you know, Re is trying to find her father so she can save her family essentially, and she's going to all these people who are you know kinfolk like they are related to her like the i think her name is <laughs> in megan. some way shape or form <laughs> yeah like the girl megan's like oh i've seen you at the reunions like you know they, they they know like she she may not know them but they are family and one thing that like i as a kid i was taught like family is like super important family 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 and like sometimes family isn't everybody like sometimes family can hurt you more than other people can because they can take advantage and so for me it was all i think that for at least my two cents i always took it as like they take that out as like this isn't 
this isn't the focus for re like i i think the story is supposed to be just like this is the story we're telling like we don't need to tell see like what happened before for her or what what happens after it's just this is the story we're we're here to tell yeah yeah i can i i can see that um them them wanting it to just be more concise and more linear and so not having all that which is usually how they end up making an hour and a half hour and 40 minute movie but with by my only qualm with the movie was that i didn't think that it was long enough um which I feel like is a good problem to have. Yes, I was like, that is a good problem to have with a movie <laughs> if you want to stay stay in that world a little longer and not checking your watch. Like, is it done yet? <laughs> but yeah, this movie does. It just kind of throws you right in. And as soon as that exact tale is done, it just we're out. Credits. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna devil's advocate this one more time. Um, but like, I like that it doesn't give us any answers because life so rarely does. So for me, like, it feels more like real life. Like, this isn't tied up with a, like, shiny bow, like, in a lot of ways. Like, she doesn't, like, you know, I, I, at least for, like, you know, storyline purposes, which I, I think also involves, like, you know, like, I know you're talking about wanting more, like, a little bit more time with like the characters and learning like who they are and like the these like interpersonal relationships but like i I, those are more things that like wouldn't play out in real life like you wouldn't really i don't know how they could come up with a way that talk about it with to make it more than just exposition and i i just i don't know i like that it doesn't give us the answers because i think it it makes it more uh true real adult i don't know it is very. I adult. agree with that in context for the ending. Gotcha. So, like the the way the movie ends, I thought was perfect. Oh yeah, but... and also we have spoilers. So if you ever want to say anything, go ahead. Yeah, like, spoiler. Okay. Yeah, do I was you, gonna do say spoil? the movie, it okay. came out in twenty ten. <laughs> <where>, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I the fully dad expected dad. He real dead. Like, <laughs> like, I fully she expected cuts it. off his hands. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I fully expected a a giant shootout at the end of the movie, and then really? it ended. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought maybe you know this guy's gonna go kill everyone that he knows killed his brother, and then he's just like he. It, that's obviously what he's gonna go do, but then they just don't show it, which makes it a little bit more artistic, I think, and doesn't devalue the rest of the movie. I also, I mean, touching on the ending, I love that we don't know what is going to happen with her and her family and stuff. I mean, she gets to keep the house, but she's still going to have to try to support these two kids and her mom and everything. And it still manages to be hopeful. Um, because I mean, well, she's, she's shown herself to be very resilient and like, will do anything for her family. So I'm not that concerned yeah. for her, but I, a lot of lesser movies I think would have shown like, five years later or like had this little like text roundup at the end and oh, uh, went Ugh. on to go to <laughs> <laughs> that's so gross no can't see, you see exactly. it though you can see it <laughs> yeah if this was like a, on tv after school like 
like ugh, no uh i just i don't like i, I wouldn't like that like if it would have ended like that this movie would have automatically went to two um like no matter how good it is i'm like i do not and that's what i i like about it is this just feels like a vignette in their life in like her life like this is Ree's story like this is her coming of age like in 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 a different way i was than gonna say way. i don't think it's her coming of age i feel like jennifer Lawrence it is. She has been an adult since she was like five <laughs> well yeah, but i mean like she's very much i don't know uh, she realizes she's alone and like the part one the point where i was like this feels like more of a coming of age film is like when she's like teardrop is trying to get her he's like you should sell the trees like you should sell what you can and then when they take the land, you know, at least you got something out of it. And she's like, Mom, I just need your help this one time. Like, Mom, please help. Oh, that like, scene is hard. Can, can you help? Can you please help me this one time, yeah. Mom? And I'm like, that is, that's where I'm like, oh, so like this is re-realizing she's no longer a child. Like, she's realizing she's the adult. She has, like, yes, she's been taking care of him, but like, your mom's still sitting there like you're you're the one having to take care of them and i mean like in a, i think in movie in the movie time like the dad's only been gone what like two weeks like she has like he's like really been disappeared i i, I at least i've heard that quoted i don't know if that's like completely i'm actually or not, not sure like, how two long weeks. he's been gone yeah so like he hasn't been gone forever she's not really really been alone until now like she doesn't have her mother, she doesn't have her father anymore. Like her, she's truly alone, and she's becoming an adult and dealing with all these things that are for people well that are issues well beyond her years. Yeah, and, I'm 34 yeah. and I couldn't deal with this. I'd <laughs> yeah, <laughs> melt down if I had to do it. <laughs> well, that I, that's just what I mean. Like she she's dealing with this. This is her coming of age story. It's a different kind of coming of age story. Like this isn't the Breakfast Club or anything like that. Like this is a a you know a a poor girl becoming a poor woman essentially but like i know that sounds so bad but a like person of lesser of circumstance <laughs> well i just i mean i don't know that that would that's how i feel about it <laughs> i would i kind of disagree i think this almost has more of a structure of like a hero's journey story um really yeah really <laughs> yeah she goes like think about it she goes on this impossible quest and in order to find something you know and it's not like it's uh the green knight but it is the kind of same structure of that type of story oh i did not take that from this no like it does not feel like a hero's journey like ray's not a hero like i think she's she's very heroic like i think she's has heroic actions and she's doing like she's doing all of this for her family for her sister for her sister and her brother and by extension her mother but i it doesn't feel like a hero's journey it just feels like a woman who is like thrust into something where like she has no other option like she's being heroic because she's being forced to be heroic not because she's choosing to like if she doesn't win they're homeless like if she doesn't find her dad they're screwed like and she realizes that 
So I don't, I, I get where you're, I, I can see where you're coming from, like Hero's Journey, and like, I understand the structuring you're talking about, but for me, it's very much a, I, I felt it as more of a coming age, a coming of age than a Hero's Journey. Russell, settle it. <laughs> I think, well, okay. Structurally <laughs> from, speaking. <laughs> from, He's like, you're both right. <laughs> I mean, you both are because from like a, a writing aspect, it, I mean, it is a hero's journey. Like from a from a conceptual <laughs> like writing aspect, all the steps are there for this, for it, for her to be considered, it being considered written in a hero's journey. Um Except for she's never taken completely out of her element. So that's where she she already sorta of knows this area and this these people and now she's just kind of thrust into the situation because she kinda has to. So there is an element where she is gonna grow and become a different person sort of like she she has been taking care of the kids but now like she's she's going to take care of the kids like there's a l- little bit of difference there right she has accepted she's not going to join the military and she's going to stay with the kids and i thought there was going to be a moment where maybe she talked to teardrop about taking the kid and then teardrop kind of makes it explicit that yeah, he's going to go kill some people and probably either die or go to jail. But <laughs> he, uh, she, so by the end of the movie, I do feel like she has gone on a hero's journey and it has made her grow also making it a becoming of age story because this is her, like she's 17, but now she is definitively like the man of the house. Yeah. I, I just feel like she had already been man of the house because it seemed like the dad hadn't really been around much. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. She's accepting becoming the man of the house. Right. Like this is her lot in life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. Is like but there's a difference between like uh, sorry, this is for Clayton's statement. Um but like there's a difference between like being something and knowing something. So like there's a difference between like just or I guess I should say then doing something and knowing that you have no choice but to do it like so for her like yeah like i just felt like for she's finally at the point where like she's learning that like this is it like she has no choice she has to take care of her brother and sister because like now her dad is really gone like and her mom's like you know is is you know catatonic and not there and she's like you know like you said russell she's she's the man of the house it's also oh, I... <laughs> oh, go ahead <laughs> i what? thought Sean was like mid-statement and i was just like wait <laughs> no I, that was a, there was a period at the end of that period point oh <laughs> um, yeah sorry russell go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i think that so like i agree with that i i think that all that does though is like get rid of the reluctance that typically the hero would have when they're called to action. Mm. So usually they're like, oh, I don't want to do that because I'm going to give up my life. And like, we don't have that with this because there's no, she's not like reluctant. Everyone's trying to get her to not do it instead. So she's constantly facing the turmoil of other people being reluctant toward her finding her father. So I think it's more like, I think that just gets rid of her reluctance. So so she knows she has to do it. 
so we don't get we don't have to see her for 20 minutes argue with someone about doing the thing she has to do and and i actually enjoyed that too because then it's the outside forces you wanted 20 more minutes that that's there. I would have been pissed <laughs> if it would have been her just being like, "Well, I don't want to do this." <laughs> like, I, it drives me nuts in movies. Like, I a couple minutes of reluctance and then let's move on. <laughs> Whereas well, here we just get you just gotta grit your teeth and <laughs> she and, just and gives put us the pedal to the metal. Sorry, quiet resolve. <laughs> what was that accent? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's Dolly Parton. Uh, watch the New Year's Eve with her. So I guess that was, I don't know. You know, don't quote me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to quote you. It's right there. <laughs> I can easily hit delete. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I really, really like that. Even though she seems to, and it never really explains why, because her whole entire family like we alluded to before, manufactures and sells methamphetamines. Um, and she seems very, like she's the only one in the family that's not a part of that in any sort of way. Like yeah. her cousins that are around her age are already doing it. Everybody's like, you into it yet? And she's just like, no, she doesn't. But she doesn't seem necessarily super judgy about it. Just kind of like, it is what it is. And even when she's talking about her dad in that one scene, she's like, he's never blown a lab. Like he's always known for getting good, like making the good shit and never making mistakes yeah. and all this stuff. I don't know. I just really like how it doesn't judge people in it. Um, and it yeah. Just she's almost much... proud of him in that, in that scene. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. Well, yeah, it, I mean, but it's a way of life. So, I mean, for yeah. her, it's just old hat. Like, and I, I don't think she's really involved with it because I think she was planning on leaving. Like, that's one of the reasons she's, you know, looking into the army. Like, she's not just looking into the army for the $40,000 bonus. She's like, she was also looking to, like, leave. That's why she's, you know, I, I, that's why I felt she was watching the ROTC at the beginning because that's, she hasn't gotten the information yet. Like, she's watching because she's, I, I think she's wanting to escape a little bit. Yeah, and, which I, I think also when she does finally talk to the recruiter, I think that's what he senses. Like, she talks about the money, but I think it's more that he senses, like, in the underlining tone that she's just trying to escape and he doesn't want that for her. Because that's a terrible reason to to join the services. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> join the military. Just see the world. Great, great thing. Um <laughs> Uh, a fun fact about that is that was an actual military recruiter and uh, she went in character and he talked to her as he would to a person in that situation. And yeah, so that was a fun thing that happened. That's fucking awesome. Could you imagine being... I know. (laughs) It's like in Black Swan, I'm just like, oh, it's so cool. That scene when she goes to the doctor, like she actually got hurt and she just went in character. (laughs) Uh, the little things they make me so happy <laughs> actors I do love how even though she's not a huge part of this and it is just like a way of life and everything 
and the mistrust everybody has. But when the cops show up, I mean, she's very much like defensive, even though like, I don't think she really likes her dad all that much, but she's just like, I'm not going to help you. Fuck you. And uh, (laughs) he's like, I just haven't seen him. And I love her sarcastic. Maybe he sees you in ducks. (laughs) And uh, then after that, like her resolve, (laughs) like once he tells her, you know, you're going to lose the house, like you're going to lose everything. And it's, how many days away? Like, she doesn't have that much time to get this sorted out. And yeah, she has a week. Yeah, and she's just like, I'll find him. And, like, that's a resolve of steel behind her eyes when she says that to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Jennifer Lawrence, powerhouse. But yeah, that's good. Great. Just like you said, it says so much about just her character in the movie. Just that one scene. And all the stuff taking care of her brothers and sisters I think is so adorable and also just quietly heartbreaking. I think this film has a lot to say about poverty and the cycles and stuff with criminality and just that way you just kind of get stuck in that way of life. But those kids, it's just like I'm trying to think of how to even word it. They're very much underprivileged and everything but they don't seem like they know that they're missing out on things or going without. It's just how life is and the way she is with them and everything is just very practical. Like, Hey, I'm making stew. This is how you do it. This is how you shoot squirrels. This is how you skin squirrels. Also gross. Um, (laughs) Well, I, this is might be a little, she really did it. (laughs) No, I know. I just meant like, well, I, I thought she was kind of like, I don't know when she really starts to teach them survival skills is when she's been told like over and over, like don't say anything. Like, so I feel like she's preparing them not only for just like, if they do get evicted, but like, we might be living in the woods. (laughs) Yeah. But it could also be like, in case I don't make it. Yeah. Unless I just don't show back. Like if I don't come back, like, you know, she's, she's like, I got two kids that don't know how to feed themselves yet. Like, so I just I felt like she's she's trying to keep she's doing her best to keep them alive and teach them to survive survival skills so uh on a scale of like one to ten how tense do you think this movie is (laughs) ten (laughs) well let's go with nine I'll go with nine saving your ten yeah I'm gonna save my ten what about you, Russell? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd probably say an eight. Um, yeah. There is, and th- I mean, not to get too personal, the family aspect in this movie was very weird for me. Um, just because I've I've had similar interactions, not like super similar. <laughs> before that sounds <laughs> absolutely Jesus, terrible, <laughs> but <laughs> I've had that's. I've had close interactions with family members that are 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 similar and some of my family is is, is also in uh mm, areas outside of the law uh <laughs> is the best way we'll put that. Um yes. so <laughs> so pearls uh, dramatically. Yeah, so with having some of those experiences, uh watching the movie gave gave did did give me like an extra sense of tension. Um and as as slow burning as the film is, I I do think it is a very tense film. Uh, 
there wasn't there just wasn't any abruptness to make me believe it was actually going to uh, uh, pop off at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just very, which, which I do like about the film. I'm not saying that as a as a negative thing. It, it's a very steady film, and I do love that. And it's, it maintains that tension throughout the entire film, and especially at the end. Yeah, it doesn't um, really give you a break. Yeah, it it doesn't. Um, but I would I would still say like an eight out of ten, just because there's no there's no area in the film that really like punched me in the gut. Yeah, it's not it's not like watching Whiplash, which I felt like punched me in the face no um, <laughs> i was uh, like oh damien chazelle it's about music a music student okay like and then I watched it and was like oh my god <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i i was aware of what i was getting into when i watched whiplash so i, I was prepared I was not i just always heard it was really good <laughs> and i was like the guy that did la la land this is gonna be great <laughs> And it was fantastic, excellent film, but I was just like, I think I didn't breathe for ninety minutes. Straight. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This one's a different kind of intense. I mean, even when their neighbors, relatives, are there? Is her neighbors? Are they her relatives? I really am not sure. But after she talks to the cop and he tells her, you know, you're gonna lose the house, and she comes over and you know, is bringing them food and it's just kind of quietly questioning her like, you haven't seen your dad. So I guess she couldn't have told the cop anything. It's very friendly threatening, which I yeah. find incredibly intimidating. It makes me so uncomfortable in movies. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather them just like pull a gun out and just be like, what'd you say? Talk. <laughs> that would be a, so much less stressful than just that friendly threatening thing and um on that neighbor bringing the food i love 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 and i have said this in my life since since i saw this movie when her little brother is sadly watching them you know butcher whatever they were butchering and you know they're hungry and wondering if they'd give any of them maybe they should ask and she just very firmly is like never ask for what ought to be offered and yes I really like how every, really all the characters have a pride in their life, even though they might be very poor um, methods. Um, but they're very proud people, which also is kind of intrinsic to that area. I, w I wish I knew how to describe it. It's just that this movie is so accurate. I cannot, again, I cannot speak to the drug side of it, but just the way the people just are. It's just kind of um, in that rural part of Missouri. It's uh, it's weird, but it's very 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 accurate, and just because you know they are very very poor and don't have a lot and are quite literally going hungry and just she has to give the horse basically to the neighbor and just their dialogue about it and uh, her just being like well. How long's it been to eaten? Well, we've got some extra hay. Just like the way they word everything, I just think was so fascinating. Well, it's, yeah, it's very much like I, I think this is one of those moments of like kin. Like it's like you know, like their neighbors. Like she recognizes, like hey, you know, how's the family? Like oh, you can't do it. Like okay, we've got extra hay. Like I get it. Like I, I, it feels very much like they're they're trying like she's, 
she's helping where she can and i think that's you know just kind of plays into the the themes of kinship in in this movie she's helping where she can but i also feel like she would have put re in the ground if she had said anything to the wrong person well is sonia in that scene when um re gets beaten up it's i know it's megan and it's i don't remember if she was in that scene but but Sonia and her husband did know about what happened. Right. Well, and I mean, she does come with, like, the leftovers. And it's just like, well, I know you didn't say anything, sweetie. Like, which is vaguely threatening, <laughs> you know? Like, she was not being like, vaguely threatening. She was being, like, threatening, threatening. <laughs> it was just <laughs> under a patina of friendliness. I think there's too much optimizing, optimism surrounding the neighbor because uh, I, th- I think most of her ploys are to stay close to Re and make sure she doesn't say anything because they're also in the business, I'm assuming. Everyone is. You don't even have to yeah. say it. <laughs> well, he's, he's meant to be an addict because he's like on it. Like when he comes and like grabs her to like show her the the like blown up meth lab like yeah, yeah. she didn't even want to get in the car with him either <laughs> no cuz no. like she's I'm, she recognizes it like she's not like it's something you grew up around like she notices what's going on like he's clearly on it <laughs> you know like i will say you were talking a lot about how this movie is very much about family and can and it is but in a really weird way because it's like they are all family but nobody trusts each other and you know they would throw each other almost under the bus but not in the typical way it's just like you know they might kill you if you were gonna betray something or they close ranks yes very much but you know and you were talking about how like you know they want to protect her because she's a child they weren't protecting her nobody was like well, if you lose your home, you guys can come like live with us. They were like, well, you just got to keep your head to the ground. Don't say anything. Well, we might take your little brother, maybe your little sister later, but um, nobody is wanting to help or be supportive or anything. And well, but I mean, but you're also talking like these are people who are living extremely poor. Like they don't have it to give like you if you don't have anything to give you can't give to someone like if your cup is, if your cup is empty you can't give someone a drink like you, it's impossible they could have given her information i mean we wouldn't really well, have but, had a movie if she didn't have to like go through everything but I mean, she did <laughs> but the, the the thing is is she's she also and back to the kin statement she's coming from a man who gave up these people he's an informer they don't know her very well like she could just be an informer too like so they keep or they're keeping her at arm's length to be able to like uh, like so that way they don't get caught for his murder like she's even when like she's fine like i think that's the thing that really gets them like when she, or starts getting them to like realize like you know like she all she wants is this she's not here for anything else is when like it after she's been beaten she's like 
I don't care who did it. I don't need to know that. Like, all I need to know is where his body is at. Well, it was in the water. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, like, I think that's one of the reasons they, like, like, severely distrust her is because, like, it, it comes from blood. Like, they don't know if she's more like Jessup than than the rest of them. Yeah, she also doesn't partake in doing the meth, so kind of why would they trust her? Yeah. Right. Like, he's like, he offers her, like, some smoke or, uh, I don't, I don't remember how he described the other one, but, like, and she's like, no, and he's like, then what the hell are you doing here? Go away. <laughs> Little Arthur. That <laughs> I also love the character of- touch of him having a ferret. <laughs> I don't know why. It just cracks me up every single time. <laughs> He's just like tweaking and playing with his ferret. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, of course he has a ferret. Sean, I know you have friends that have ferrets and that is not a relation. And that is not a besmirchment on them or <laughs> ferrets. I didn't it's take just it the as visu- one. <laughs> the, just the visual of him with that ferret. It's just like when everybody else in the movie seems like they just have like feral dogs. <laughs> Well, I mean, but even in, and even in that, like John Hawks brings them chicks at the end, so it's like, a which sign is of a life. really really good gift, actually, because yeah, because like, they grow up to have eggs, and that's more food. Like yeah, and if they were both boys, then you know that's two chickens or three. And if it was, <laughs> if it, that's still a, but you know, otherwise there's just lots of eggs, or they could have more chicks and have more chickens. Like that's a really good gift to little chicks. I personally wouldn't appreciate it because I don't want to keep chickens. <laughs> chickens are dicks. I don't want chickens. Like, I know the one way I want chickens is to go into my grocery store and then go to the freezer section and pull them a bag. <laughs> like that's that's about as close to chickens as I want to get. <laughs> Mitchell's mom has chickens, and uh, those fuckers are mean. <laughs> I don't want yeah, you know, like you know, I don't like birds. <laughs> oh, I don't like birds either. I get it. They're creepy. I used to really not like them, but uh, I have friends that have birds, and I have a couple. One of them's kind of grown on me. The other one's not bad either, but she's very much like nope. <laughs> They've got dead little shark eyes, and they're creepy, and they're like little dinosaurs, and I just don't like them. Yes, the birds may have traumatized me when I saw it. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, we've kind of jumped around a little bit. Like we're, We have. I, I think, I, I, I don't know. This movie doesn't, it doesn't really need a play-by-play, in my opinion. No, Like, it's very much... All. Like, this is, uh, it's a very linear story. Like, there's no, yes. like, this isn't something that's... Jennifer Lawrence it, goes to various and sundry relatives trying to find information about where the fuck her dad is and until she finds out. And Except for the where the fuck her dad is, that could have been, like, a letterbox thing. <laughs> like, it was like... <laughs> like and that but that i mean that does describe the movie perfectly like this is i don't know this movie has a lot to say but it's not frivolous it's not like it has a lot to say but it doesn't just say it (laughs) well it, it it does but it doesn't it doesn't do it in frivolity 
frivolity frivolity frivolity it doesn't beat you over the head with it yes exactly like <laughs> it's <laughs> thank you um it's very much you know like you're watching this movie and you're seeing like the lives of these people but it's not like i don't know like like we said before it doesn't judge them for it it doesn't like these are just people like this is their lives like this is this is what it's like for them like it it never takes a mo it it never goes and it's just like oh well that was wrong you know like this is the bad guy they're the bad guy like it never says that right and so i mean it it doesn't take fancy frames or 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 like even like like you said the shootout at the end like it, it it russell you were saying the shootout at the end like the yeah you know it doesn't need those like to 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 essentially tell a story in the the lives of these people even if right. it is a, a very you know like a dark and dangerous line of work oh sean cooking meth breaking bad you can make millions you might get shot at once in a while but <laughs> it's supposedly very profitable you know there's a big tv show about it <laughs> Yeah, that didn't end out well for most of them. <laughs> Just say it worked out very well for the viewers. We were entranced for years. <laughs> that is very true. Like Breaking yeah. Bad was very good. Yeah, I will. This was just a random little thing that I just wanted to mention upon before we um, kind of get into themes of this a little deeper. Uh on the note of again family and everything when she first goes to dale dickie's house and she's like jessup's my dad and she's like didn't him and my son or nephew like (laughs) shoot at each other or whatever and she's like that has nothing or he shot him and jennifer lawrence just like that doesn't have anything to do with me and i think they worked it out amongst themselves and dale dickie was just like <laughs> I suspect shooting them settled it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite lines, actually. Yeah, and only Dale Dickey could deliver. Um, I I love her so much. Oh, Dale Dickey is my favorite part of this movie. Like, I love Jennifer Lawrence to death, and her performance is amazing. But I don't know, Dale Dickey just portrays like both the strength the anger and like even bits of compassion in just like small just like flashes from her eyes and face and i mean like it, it it's just it's powerful like she's in my opinion she she should have been nominated for best supporting actress i thought she was so good in this she is and she was also great in breaking bad if you remember she was in the episode where they were trying to break into that atm or safe or something and it fell over on one of them <laughs> and killed them it was in i think like the first season it was her boyfriend i believe that it killed um god i don't remember that yeah was... it was she was it was like one episode that she was in again like character actor from everything um but yeah that was one of the first things I think I really started learning who Dale Dickey was and her name and everything. 
was from her little performance in Breaking Bad, and then I just started seeing her everywhere, and I'm just always like, yay, Dale Dickey! <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my answer, too. Yay, Dale Dickey! <laughs> so, uh, since this was your first time with it, Russell, what did you think of uh, the reveal and what happened with her father and what she has to do? Uh, so the the scene where... So they get out the chainsaw, and then they're in the boat i was like what is the chainsaw for and what then is the chainsaw we... <laughs> yeah so... if we had like subtitles on our our episodes that would be this one what's the chainsaw for <laughs> yeah so I was, I was very i was very distraught already at the sight of the chainsaw and then it's never we get sign. to the water and <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. And then she asked her to, to do it. She, like, she wants Jennifer Lawrence's character to do it. And I was like, how is she going to hold a chainsaw and <laughs> cut off a hand? And I was very confused at that part. But then they solved the problem. So, <laughs> yeah. I, but I thought pull the... up with one, cut with the other. Don't cut your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you expect that scene to happen, though? Like, were you shocked? <laughs> I, I was. I was shocked. I was very shocked my first time. Like, I... You know, when you're watching it, it's like very much he's dead. The family killed him. Something's going on. Oh, yeah. They're closed rings, but I did not. And I was just like, how is she going to get out of this? Because, like, they won't give her the body. Nobody will talk. And then it's just like, well, just need the hand. So they just take her out blindfolded. <laughs> and it's like, how do they even find this and remember this? Like, the women knew exactly where it was. Like, did they all go yeah. in this, like, huge cabal of them <laughs> dispose of this body? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then they're just like, well, pull him up. <laughs> just her face and everything, and just the, uh, the sound effects. Uh -huh. So gross. And just, uh, again, Jennifer Lawrence's performance is just so good. I mean, just all the emotions going through her face while that is happening, and his hands are being chopped off with the chainsaw for her to deliver to the correctional officers um, so that she gets the money back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh. I, I very much enjoyed when she was like, when she looked at Jennifer Lawrence, she's like, why did you drop him? You need the other hand. <laughs> he could have just chopped one hand off. Get out of it. <laughs> well, I, I just love that because it's so matter of fact. Like, it is so matter of fact. <laughs> like, it's just a way of life. Like, she's she's doing this to, like, help her. Like, and that's one thing I, I, I i just find so fascinating in this movie is like we talked a little bit about uh, like about the feminism in this movie but like in a lot of ways the women are stronger than the men in this movie like they're very much like the ones kind of taking care of things like they're the ones that like beat the sh like beat the shit out of re but like when after she's like reveals what's going like really what's going on because i i don't think she ever tell like they know she's asking for her dad but they don't really know why like, I don't think she tells any of them what's really going on. She just says she's looking for her dad. Like, well, she tells I, them what's going on, but also they have no idea. You know, they saw her talking to the cop and they have no clue if they're, you know, because she didn't know he was an informant. Like, she didn't find that out until, you know, pretty much the end of the movie. And I also thought that was like an interesting thing. Like, I figured it was totally something else. I was just like, oh. Because, you know, the whole entire family is so close-ranked. The thought of, like, him turning informant just kind of blew my mind my first time watch of this. Um, 
now I'm just like, oh god, this story's good. Um, yeah, yeah, I just... and that was another really good piece of dialogue was when uh, Teardrop is talking to Jennifer Lawrence and he's and she's like, well, what do you mean? And he's just like, well, I mean, one he wasn't and he wasn't, and then one day he was talking about him being a snitch. Yeah, uh, snitches get stitches and putting the water and their hands chopped off yep that is what happens that is the moral of this story <laughs> snitches get stitches <laughs> i will say well, um touching upon the beating scene like how many times have we seen jennifer lawrence get just like the shit beat out of her by people um that wasn't my question um, <laughs> I, I was like, is that, that what we're? It's was twice, that, which is isn't that... a lot, but it's weird that it's been twice. <laughs> um, but the women are doing it because, again, I, the gender politics are just so weird. Because, like, throughout the movie, clearly the men do not have an issue like beating up on women. Um, but there's also this weird respect thing to it, where it was like that what needed to be done to her but the women the men like weren't going to do it and the women did it and that was even almost like a source of pride like when teardrop showed up and all pissed and they're dale dick well, like the men didn't do it the women and i put the hurt on her and it's just i don't know I find well i don't think it was that i think it was more of like like he would have killed whoever touched her like they clear like he's like i don't want to be naked for this like he that's why he goes the the guy goes and grabs the gun like he's he knows that like teardrop is dangerous like it, oh, yeah, and whoever is. like you don't whoever get a teardrop her, for nothing <laughs> he's like you know like you beat the shit out of a little girl like i'll kill you like and that's why dill dickie's like nope he didn't touch her it was me and my sisters like you know like we did this and i think it's it's more of a like uh, uh, it's a survival thing like for her she's like eh, don't uh, touch them this is really really random and again i'm just uh, thinking back to uh my childhood visits to this area um you know the scene in the cattle auction that is so intense and i don't even know why it's so intense because it's just like her running around like yelling for her uncle <laughs> while the music's just getting more and more intense and the cows are doing their thing um i've actually been to a cattle auction in missouri it might have even been that one i don't know um it's not <laughs> i don't think exciting. that's her uncle whoever he is thump grandpa thump, like uh, yeah they're, <laughs> they're related somehow well, as they say I mean, in the movie, the blood gets watered down a little thin. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like he, she's like second cousins with Megan, and Megan's grandpa is Thump. So like she's not related to him. Like they are in some, like you said, some way, shape, or form. But like <laughs> I don't think he's actually like re like close in family kind of thing. Well, even, like, his own granddaughter didn't call him Grandpa. She just calls him Thump, like everybody else does. Um, but, yes, cattle auctions are not actually that menacing. They're very boring. Unless you're into that kind of thing, I guess. Don't want to shame anyone for liking cattle auctions. I found them boring. Um, 
Yeah. Fascinatingly. I know. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> Finding out so much about me. <laughs> Don't like yes. cattle auctions. Don't like um, cattle auctions. Okay, well. <laughs> what could it cost? I'm sorry. Michael? That's a banana. <laughs> Guess I'll return those tickets I got us. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there goes our Saturday. <laughs> Sorry, Russell. <laughs> I'm just I mean, if you want to go either. to a cattle auction, I feel like we could have a fun time. And Cassie, I mean, let's just get some alcohol. Do they serve alcohol? <laughs> those? I don't <laughs> I think you bring your own. <laughs> I think you'd have like, to. And a, like, and a flask. You, like, tailgate it. As long as me and Cassie can just like have margaritas, sure. Let's go to a let's go to a cattle auction. <laughs> so if that is what you want to do, let's let's do it. <laughs> um, Don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> when's your when's your birthday? <laughs> Never. We've already had Christmas. We've had Cassie's birthday. Like next event. Like we've already like, missed gotcha. the spring. <laughs> <laughs> cattle auction. Here we come. Um, I will let you guys do that. <laughs> I actually really want to do it. Can we just like tell Mitchell we're going to one and like guilt him into thinking he has to go, but then like not actually go and just or, like, give him the address? It'd be even better if you did the other <laughs> yes. way around, though. Like you should just be all like, "Oh my god, we're gonna go to the movies," and then go to a cattle auction. Like he would just like he'd be like, I could just see him like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Yes, I think we should do that. Yeah, <laughs> it like, I like the reverse of that. I I think it, like just saying you're going to a cattle. He would never go. I don't. I could not see Mitchell going to a cattle auction. Like you'd have to. Could you see me going to a cattle auction? <laughs> More than I could see Mitchell. <laughs> like you at least could be talked into things. Mitchell's just like I don't want to do that, and then he doesn't. <laughs> like at least from what I've known of him. <laughs> That is true. He doesn't do much of what he does not want to do. He's just like, I don't want to do that, so he doesn't do it. So, And honestly, that's a character plus. Like, good for him. I wish I could do that sometimes. I do admire that quality. (laughs) He's just like, nope. And then he doesn't. I'm just like, nope. And then I do it anyway because I am a people pleaser. Yeah. And we're learning deep secrets about me too. See? <laughs> You've gotten better over the 10 years I have plus that I have known you. You went from like complete doormat people pleaser to like being mad when people are using you. So, you know, that's growth. You get mad <laughs> about it. You tell people no. You don't always you know cover somebody's shift if they want you to no matter what so you know you're getting there (laughs) i I, yeah character growth we love it an extra 20 minutes in my movie (laughs) (laughs) a montage of sean learning to say fuck you to people (laughs) although i do look at like I'm not gonna lie, I've rolled my eyes to imaginary cameras like The Office far too many times. Mine would have to be a TV series. Like, uh, like the amount of times I'm just like, or like I'll turn my back and I'm rolling my eyes so hard that I'm surprised my head doesn't pop off. Like, 
yeah. No, my it, favorite it'd be a thing. TV series. My favorite thing about the pandemic and wearing masks is that people can't like it. <laughs> it made you be able to like hide half of your face and your expressions <laughs> to people. Like... <laughs> oh, so I could I could smile, but I could still whisper "fuck you." Fuck you. <laughs> Get like my face always says what I'm saying, and so then, it, but the flip side of that is you got lazy and you got used to people just not seeing your mouth and expressions. And then so when you're not wearing masks and stuff as much as things loosened up, then it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they can see what I'm doing. <laughs> why, why do you think I turned my back? <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, we're going to go over here. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Like, if you were to see me from the front, you'd be like, oh, but like from behind, I'm just walking normally. <laughs> so, um, oh, carry on. No, go ahead. That that was all I had for that. <laughs> if you're ever if you're ever at my work, just if if you if if I hear a story or like, oh god. Uh, so I mean, I work just for a little bit of background, Russell. I work retail, um, and about oh, okay ninety percent of our people like I work at a I I work at a men's warehouse, and ninety percent of our clients are people that are just like oh i have a wedding to go to and it's like okay when's the wedding <laughs> in an hour it's tomorrow like oh my god what <laughs> it's this weekend and i'm like okay oh i want a three-piece purple suit what what do you think what do you think what do you think we have elves like do i have gnomes <laughs> in the back like what do, this isn't like my my tailors are two little old ladies they can't do that like <laughs> like and then they're just like what do you mean you can't like completely rebuild a suit for me in a, like the two days like because my there were people came in before you <laughs> like I've, i have people come in all the time like oh my god the grooms are the worst though when they're just like oh i'm here to book my wedding and i'm like okay when's your wedding oh it's the end of this month bro that. Like, you should have had this done. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I... so Russell, you just recently got married. How far in advance did you get your suit? I want to know how mad Russell uh, will get. <laughs> six months. Okay, Ooh, that's very, more than like, enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, that, I was well, they, say, that's I... what they told me, so that's what I went with. <laughs> Good job. I, take I called, the advice. I was like, "How long we does take, this take?" We don't <laughs> say it to hurt you. We say it to help you. I promise. Right. Yeah, like. I could like we don't make commission. I could care fucking less if you buy anything from me. Like, <laughs> but like <laughs> I'm here to tell you how to do it so your your future spouse does not tear their hair out of their goddamn skull. Like I had a guy come in today who needed a, an outfit for a wedding tomorrow, but he didn't start with that. He started with I need a tie. Okay, I need a tie that's gold and black, and I'm like doesn't exist what's next on the list like and, and like also a tuxedo that, that is this exact like, style <laughs> yeah so like i'm like okay like so i we find we find a tie that might work oh i need a shirt okay cool fine grab a shirt oh i also need pants and i'm like bro you're doing this wrong this is wrong <laughs> like i like we start with pants we work to shirt then we go to tie we don't try it the other way around oh i didn't know there Sorry, was a, that's... i didn't know there was an order you had to pick them out i would have just told them everything i needed when i got there like they can pick up the yes order. Like, people come in yeah. if i ask you and i'm like hey what what brings you in today it's like oh hey i need a shirt a tie and 
pants for a wedding. Okay, cool. We do pants first, so then you can figure out what color shirt goes well with the pants. You don't pick your shirt and then pick pants. Like, I mean, I guess you can. It's not really that set, but like in I my know. brain, I was like, there what is. What does it matter? Like, a lot of Listen, times, I'll pick goes, a shirt first. <laughs> it goes coat, pants, shirt, tie. Thank you. Then shoes. Then socks. In my world, I feel like I should be writing this down. You should. Well, you don't need to. I'll just do it. <laughs> Are we kidding? Sorry, gonna, that was I'm that gonna... was that was what like a three minute tangent of me complaining about wedding. Sorry, but it's <laughs> fine. And but your six months in advance, Russell did work wonderfully. One hundred and fifty percent, good job. There is a uh, picture on my Instagram of us, and you can see just how dapper he looks. So Thanks. If you take anything I... away from this episode, book your clothes in advance. <laughs> yeah, I had also been in like. Eight. Yeah, my wedding was like the ninth wedding I had been in. So Always I had a, a little bit of experience. <laughs> yeah, for a while. I was gonna say I don't think he can say that anymore because technically, like, like now he's a groom. So I mean, yeah, but, yeah. This is like, like twenty-seven October. dresses bad. Like, <laughs> I just think it's impressive you had like nine adult friends that you were in their wedding. Like, who has nine friends? Well, I'm also old too, so like, it was over the course of like twelve years. <laughs> That's fair. You're not that old. <laughs> Most of mine just eloped. <laughs> <laughs> My friends all just live in sin. <laughs> One of them, they know who they are. Theirs got lost, <laughs> and so they had to get remarried by eloping again. <laughs> so I've been to. A few, I've been to multiple weddings, most of them of people I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, I... I... <laughs> Why do you go to weddings of people you don't know? Open bar. <laughs> That's weird. Like, how do you know about the wedding? Is there, like, announcements I mean, in the I go paper? With a, and... I, like, I'm, a pl- I'm the plus one, you know? Like, I'm, I'm the just plus picturing, one. like, wedding crasher, but <laughs> wedding crashers, but just for the open bar. <laughs> well, yeah. How, like... I'm just like, oh, all that socializing just for an open bar is not worth it. <laughs> oh, see, that's okay. Like, the more drunk I get, the more like party mode I get. So I'm the, I can be like the life of the party, and I'll just be like, woo! Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh like God, who is that dancing! random drunk guy? Over there? <laughs> Do you know him, yeah. honey? No, I thought you invited. Him. <laughs> no, but come stand in the circle. We're singing. I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know what kind of wedding that was, but it sounds awful. It was great. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Russell, How did we even get on fun. this? I, 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 you, uh, I definitely had a, this to go on here. You went on a tangent about <laughs> retail. and <laughs> Yeah, but why? I can't remember why. <laughs> um, Being a no person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's where and also you just really hate retail so you vent about it every chance you get which is understandable (laughs) i will never work retail again i would rather (laughs) i would rather die starving in the woods eating squirrels that i you know caught with my bare hands or something because nobody lets me have guns i enjoyed all of my retail jobs more than my factory jobs that is also fair like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so retail like makes you feel crazy but 
of factory jobs, like they're go. dead, sold dead. They're so soul sucking. Like you know, I'll be in my first week, and you know, you're trying to make friends and stuff, and people are like, "Yeah, I've worked here for twenty years," and like I just start just like have a flash of like thinking about what it would be like to do this job in this monotony for just a year, much less like. Oh, this is my career. I've been doing this for twenty years, and then I'm just like, I want to throw up, and then I leave on lunch and don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> Tip service, give me somewhere else, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my NHK story. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Those are words. <laughs> Actually, that was an anagram, but I don't know what it was for. <laughs> anagram? Yeah. Anagram? What? OSHA? No. NHK? Oh, oh. who said? I, nobody said Oh, You didn't even say OSHA. I thought you said, <laughs> oh, I thought you said oh, shit, but then you always said an anagram. I was like, are you talking about OSHA? Uh, no. NHK. What the fuck does OSHA. NHK even stand for? Some, um... I, this is a weird topic. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Factories. <laughs> Oh my god, can we talk about Jennifer's body? <laughs> I was thinking Please about Jennifer Lawrence. God. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about Jennifer Lawrence and the winter's bone. <laughs> Speaking of uh, working and winter's bone, what do you guys think about like the themes of poverty and what it has to say about poverty as a whole and just as a society? Um thoughts well i mean this is a movie about desperation like these people are desperate they're surviving just by the skin of their teeth like they're living on like they're basically what would be considered the dregs of society and they just make do with what they've got but like they're desperate like i don't know it feels very much like these people are desperate to like survive and they have to be uh what do you think russell yeah i mean i i I pretty much agree with that i think it shows a a good job of like the struggle kind of and but like not focusing on the struggle because we don't really know like what they do for money necessarily other well, i mean we know this people sell meth <laughs> but other than that like jennifer lawrence meth. in particular <laughs> sorry it was no, just like, it's, but I, it's there i don't know how to tell you this but i think it's meth <laughs> russell um so yeah. i know you're very innocent but they do allude sure. to it briefly in the movie <laughs> that they might just be briefly I might have missed it. <laughs> but so aside from the meth, uh, we don't really have any uh, conversations in the movie around like work. Um, so assuming that their only source of income is meth or cattle ranching or farmland or whatever, but they don't ever really like talk about that. Like a good example would be like the first season of Shameless where the show is centered around how are they going to get money to survive? And that's not like, it's not a focal point for this. It's just, it's like, Hey, there's, you know, this, this is their thing that they do, but there's no, they don't discuss any real work or job opportunities. So I don't, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say it's one of the better examples of showing poverty 
because it's just kind of like it's just in the background. It's just part of the environment. But that's also not necessarily what the movie's about because it's right. very ob- obvious I, why she's going to lose her her farmland or acreage. I was just meaning with showing people in that type of situation. And it's not saying anything specifically about it. And I think how Sean was saying it was kind of like doc, almost a documentary appeal is like the movie very much seems like it's you know, detached at a distance, observing without making a statement either way. And yes. I don't know. I just found it fascinating. Um, that, that I it, think it does a great job with, like showing the environment and just like what poverty could look like. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, these poor people or, oh, these people are awful or. Um, yeah you should feel sorry for them or anything. It's just kind of like, this is a way of life for a portion of people that you might not think about. Um, well, that, that's exactly it. It's like, and that's why I, I do really like this film. It is, like I said, it's a vignette. Like this is a point in her, like this is Ree's story. Like the movie is very much Ree's story, but like, this is a point in their lives. Like this is it, it. This movie probably takes place over what, like a week or so. Um, oh, I don't even think uh, it takes place over that much. Really? You think it's only a few days? I think I th- so. I think it's a week because she. Well, I know gets told she has a week, and then it eventually becomes too late. Oh yeah, because it was like last minute when she uh, delivered her father's hands. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, she was she was beat pretty badly. I don't think she was, like, standing the next day. Like, I'm sure she would have needed time to, like, recoup a little bit. Um, But, like, you know, this is, like, this is just a show into, into, like, the lives of people that are living with, you know, in this world. Like, people, like, like, and it's poverty. Like, these are people who don't have a lot because there's not much that they can have you know what i mean and like I, really that sounds mean you know that i mean it to i think but like i just mean that like they've it's a cycle like it's a cycle of poverty it's the same mm. thing as like when you like uh, like for addicts like it could be a cycle like it, it could be a cycle of 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 addiction it could be a cycle of you know abuse where you you don't you can't always fight what you come from. Yeah, um, I mean, technically you can, but there are. A lot yeah, of, but it's hard. It, and it, it in situations like this, it seems like it's one of those things. It's just like, what's the point of even trying? Um, and I think, even though that's not the focal point, it kind of shines a light on that type of world and people that do get judged a lot and are dismissed and humanizes them in a way which i personally with my story as you guys know and as listeners know with my addiction stuff obviously i wasn't um living like this um but even still just having that small taste of it and just knowing how people can treat you and look at you and just kind of (laughs) be stained with that forever and it feels like sometimes um it can feel very hopeless and pointless and just 
so that's another reason again like when i first saw this movie i didn't have any of that context but now it even kind of hits harder with seeing that portrayal and how it is portrayed um and in a lot of films with this type of subject matter they aren't as detached like it's like oh we're trying to say something about it and this one isn't which i think is more interesting than if something is you know saying something and beating you over the head with it just having this like observational yes. feel to it is just fascinating i think this movie is very fascinating how many times have i said fascinating in this um yeah <laughs> i think it's fascinating how many times you said fascinating in this movie yes truly in this in this review yeah <laughs> Not even a review, just prattling on about it. <laughs> um, what about, uh, do you think this is feminist or misogynistic? Well, I mean, it's possible to be both. Um, both I is mean, good. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying both is good, but it is po- uh, like. I just, if I hear the word both, I just think of. Uh, oh both, my God. Both is good. The Road yeah. to El Dorado. Thank you. I'm like the. <laughs> yeah. Julio, the hip, the hip. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of the Dorado. Sorry. Um, the, too happy for this. Uh, <laughs> we are grown-ups. We are not way yeah. too excited for the Dorado. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, the it's very much, I don't know, these it kind of brings back to the cycle, like you, the cycle of poverty. Like it's also a cycle of like life. Like these people are very much caught in, in like how they've always grown up. Like women take care of the house. It feels like women take care of the household and the men feel like breadwinners and they're the ones that are making decisions and all this stuff. And it feels like the women aren't really a part of it. And so like, yeah, it's, but like re becomes, has to become the, the head of her household. And that's an incredibly like feminist thing to do. Like she doesn't like, she doesn't do what her, her best friend with quotation marks around it. Uh, <laughs> They like, were roommates. Does and go, <laughs> go and go and get a husband young. Like she's just surviving. Like you know, like she's going to survive. And it seems like Re will do anything she it takes to to survive. And I think that's that's what I mean by like it, it's a little bit of both. Like I think it's like it's an intrinsic misogyny where it's kind of what they've grown up with. It's what they know. It's you know it's kind of like i i hate saying it like this but it's kind of like who they are like not to say that people can't change because you absolutely can but it is it feels very much like in this story they are it's a it's a culture it is a we are in a society um it's very much its own little ecosystem practically um I'm using that completely wrong, but I know what I mean. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very smart when I've been up for a long time. Uh, where was I going with that shot? 
<laughs> I was wondering myself, but I, I'm a little lost. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just uh, very baked in the male and female, yeah, misogynistic in some <laughs> ways, feminist. Who can tell? I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Russell, do you have any help for this? Yeah. <laughs> You're married. Uh, you have a wife. <laughs> uh, I, That's the only thing that qualifies <laughs> you to talk about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was actually, with with the movie itself, um, I don't necessarily think the movie is misogynistic, but I feel like they missed a lot of opportunities to pass the Bechdel test. Um, so they she never really has a conversation with another woman that's not about her father in one way or another. And I know that's what the movie's about. So I don't know that I could call it feminist from that standpoint, but I also understand like it wanting to be linear. But, you know, as I said before, you know, we had 20 minutes, you can fill in some of the movie, but with it, uh, with all of her interactions with all these women, like it's still always about a man. Like the conversations are, it's either, you know, with, with the one girl, it's about using her husband's truck. And then even later when they're having conversations, it's mostly about still her dad or what she's found out or, you know, whatever, where, where she is in the journey. So like, I don't know that I personally would consider this passing the test on having any like feminist viewpoint other and the than the Bechdel test is very very low. <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's at least sort of there where like there are lots of movies where it doesn't pass it at all or even register on the bar. Yeah, but it's not it, like they're I... talking about if they're <laughs> the talking about a man. Yeah, it's not like they're talking about like oh I just want to get married or be with a guy. It's not like that type of like talking about a man. But um, yeah, so it is kind of hard yeah, to really gauge it... on that level. Yeah, so so for, from that perspective, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it feminist, but you do get to see this young woman grow in, sort of grow into a woman and take care of a household that in this area is relegated to the man. Mm-hmm. So that, that in itself is kind of feministic, or at least portrays maybe a false feminism. Regardless, it's got very, very strong female characters, and... I mean, honestly, all the characterization is very strong. I even the bad ones. I think they're very complex and human and uh, real. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do agree impressive. with that. Like, this is a little bit lighter. But Sean, you mentioned how cold this movie feels, and I do think it is very, very cold. I think it is one of those you can feel it seeping off of the screen. And I find it so funny because, like, it's not even in the snow or anything. It just, I don't know how it feels so cold. Like, it's like, I think it feels colder than watching The Hateful Eight, which is, you know, set in a blizzard that you're going to freeze your dick off if you're outside for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But just, like, even watching her just walk through the yard, I'm just like, oh, my God, I can just feel the wind cutting through me. Well, it's it's also the I mean the color saturation like it's very much like there is no primary colors in that movie that I can think of like all the colors are muted like it's blues it's tans it's it's like 
it's earth tones and like blue like there's no there's no brightness to it like even when they're outside and like like during the day like the brightest thing i can think of is that little girl's pony like the that she plays on when she's like ashley's when she's jumping on the trampoline with her with oh yeah cupcake and (laughs) cupcake and brownie um like those are the only spots of color i can think of for the whole movie like this is very much a movie that doesn't have like it is not a bright color palette it is not a uh, it's it's cold and not just in like how the movie looks like but in how it feels so i, I it's just oof. yeah it's cold it's still really very looks. beautiful i think it's very beautiful in a very harsh way um yeah i just uh, find it fascinating that something can feel so cold when there's not even snow it just makes me feel cold when i watch it and it was actually cold so Oh, I am wearing a very, very fashionable and cozy, a thick, thick robe right now. Um, just talking about it because I am a very fancy podcaster and sometimes wear a robe. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what would you guys, I know this has been all over the place. I'm so sorry. Um, any uh, final thoughts and personal scores? Um, Russell, you want to go first? Uh sure. Um I think overall this is a really strong movie. Uh the the pacing I was kind of curious about cuz the way the movie starts off it, it already feels slow. Uh which is okay. It did it did eventually reel me in, but the the first little bit I was kind of like where is this going? I, that also might be because I watched the the movie I didn't think I was watching. Yes. But... <laughs> I, 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 that Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. This is the way he's... Funny. I did not watch the movie I thought I was going to watch. So... Sorry. Yeah. I swear, we do no, not try and trick people into watching movies on our podcast. No, that, that's all on me. That had nothing to do with Clayton. That's totally my fault. Um, no, just blame Clayton. It's okay. <laughs> however, I am glad that I misunder- misremembered the movie um or what movie it was because i probably wouldn't have ever watched this under normal circumstances it would have been like there's nothing catchy about the title there's nothing really catchy about the cover uh it's got Mm. it's got jennifer lawrence in it which like i like her but i wouldn't go out of my way to see one of her movies um so i probably honestly never would have watched it but so i'm I'm glad this happened because i am glad that i watched it and i would recommend it um, the pacing is very interesting to me. The way the movie always feels like it's about to take off, and then it it doesn't really ever do that. Like 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 some movies. Mm-hmm. So I I thought it was a very very bold movie, and I thought it was. I mean, overall, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah. What would you as far uh, as a, rate it out of five? Oh, out of five. Oh yeah. shit. I just cut my regular rating in half, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> Max. <laughs> Max. <laughs> um, do we do points? Do you do decimals? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I'd probably give it a 4.25. Very specific. 4.25. Yeah. That's good, um, I just, I, I genuinely do feel like it, like I don't know exactly necessarily what it needs. Um, I'll also tell you, I've never rated 
so we do our ratings out of 10 on our podcast and i've never rated anything a 10 uh so this is a, this is a really really good score. nothing yeah no I've, I've yet to see a 10 um aliens <laughs> 1986 <laughs> aliens got real close um, um so get to? sorry i don't nine, i have I'm curious Nine. though. Okay, so not just stuff you've covered on your podcast. Have you seen anything yeah. that you would consider a ten? I would just that curious. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I I I have a I have a passion for writing, so like it's hard sometimes to not to watch a movie unbiased. So I think mm. part of the problem is that I'm like, well, you could have done these couple of things or like this a little bit of writing here, a little punch up here. And I have a huge issue with dialogue that doesn't feel real. But this movie managed to pretty much reel me in with all the dialogue. So (laughs) for dialogue that feels real. So how do you feel about Mm -hmm. Rob Zombie's dialogue or Tarantino's dialogue? Uh... Taran- Tarantino is a pulp artist. <laughs> yes, I'm like his his dialogue is not real, but I love his dialogue. Um, so yeah, Get so him. there's yeah, <laughs> it it depends on the movie, uh, or in general, it depends on the movie and the way it's supposed to feel, or if they managed to do the thing they were trying to do. So with Tarantino, I do love his dialogue, but no one talks like that. So no, no one talks like that. but. I find it amusing, but it's also Tarantino's movies typically come off more comicish or more comedic than anything else, I think, uh, which I enjoy that. And then there, there's some gore that is usually unnecessary in the film that they're shooting, but that's that's his style, right? So for him, it's more like, is this his style or did he go out of his lines that he like has set for himself and then rob zombie i i don't think should be directing movies okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh that was my evil laugh uh, <laughs> you laugh as yeah. though you don't like rob zombie <laughs> no i laugh as if you love rob zombie which you do i do love rob zombie. <laughs> and so it's just like i'm literally hearing clayton soul be crushed just a little <laughs> Or maybe I don't get offended about I don't, about, I don't get offended about stuff. I just think it's I'm just like, Oof, oh, bro, opinion. that silence was loaded. <laughs> <laughs> that silence was loaded. Okay, uh, even your little okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that was all a setup. I'm just being hyperbolic. I don't, I don't hate Rob Zombie's movies, but oh I, no, you're fine. I'm just giving they, crap. They are definitely but... no, 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 no. Um. <laughs> It's not. I'm. I'm not backtracking. It literally was a setup for me to say that. Uh, but Get it's not. It is very specific. Like I don't. I haven't rewatched a lot of his movies. I liked the first Halloween remake that he did, and I really liked some things he did in Lords of Salem. I love Lords of Salem. I, I, just, I liked love. some scenes he shot in Lords of Salem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I heard your distinction. I was just like, I quite like the Lord of Salem. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, that is one of my, I watch it, like, on Halloween. That is one of my, like, Halloween musts, is Lords of Salem. 
Oh, really? Yeah. It's also, I haven't watched it since it came out. And I will say, too, like, since starting a podcast, like, and watching movies, like, I do critique them differently mm-hmm. over the course of the years. Like, it, it has kind of changed how I view the movie. Right. Um. So, like, I've watched some movies that I previously hated, and then I'm like, I, this isn't a bad movie. I don't want to ever watch this again, but it's not a bad movie. I just don't like it. Yeah. And that that's uh, how I feel about most of Rob Zombie's stuff. Like, I'm not, I don't. I, yeah, uh, House of a Thousand not Corpses. For everyone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses, I think, is great. Uh, I don't know what the fuck he was doing after that. Like with the sequels, I mean, not I his so general career. Like, I I like that House of a Thousand Corpses, but I think <laughs> I love that we're talking about all those on Butcher's Mode. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an important tangent to me. But I think <laughs> the Devil's Rejects is like fucking brilliant. <laughs> Um, I th- I think the idea of what he did between the two films is brilliant, but I don't I don't know that I could I I I don't know that I could go as far <laughs> far as you. Okay, as I will just go into like a little <laughs> tiny like two second thing. I just think it's so cool because in House of Thousand Corpses, you know, you see what the Firefly family family is like. Lords of yeah, Lords of Salem. Um, the Devil's Reject comes out. We see them again being despicable and horrible, and then like the way he flips that throughout the movie, that even though they're despicable, you're like weirdly rooting for them in the movie, and it's like he's shown you how awful they are. There is no reason you should be identifying with or hoping they make it out or just like feeling any sort of sympathy for these people. Yeah, but. I, somehow in that movie he just like flips it throughout the course of that yeah and i think that is just fucking genius because like it just makes you once you like notice that you're like wait why am i feeling like this these people need to get shot by the police <laughs> um so i think it's wonderful um i, I also kind of like that you love not love enjoyed his halloween because a lot of people really don't. I like them. I actually picked up an extra podcast thing, even though I am incredibly busy talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween movies because somebody was like saying something about them, and I was like, "Well, I have thoughts." And they're like, "Let's do an episode," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm sorry you've never seen a film that you would give a ten. Yeah, one it's... day, one day maybe. Yeah. We'll see. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's a perfect movie for me specifically. But the close. The closest I've ever gotten is like Blade Runner, and gonna sound super pretentious when I say the next one, uh, Dead Poet Society. <laughs> oh, I don't think Dead Poet Society is um, pretentious. I was like waiting for yours you like this film or something. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like Metropolis or something, and I was like, oh yeah, thank you, <laughs> like Rosebud. Um, like, oh. <laughs> Citizen Kane or something. I was like, no. Eh. I mean, teach their own. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm more of an aliens kind of guy. But like, <laughs> like yeah. when you were like, this right. is gonna sound pretentious. I was not expecting yeah. the Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like that's my all time favorite film. It's really uh, wonderful. What does it rate for? Yeah. I, I just need to know. Yeah, so I, ha- I haven't 10, watched it, it for the podcast yet. <laughs> Oh, so you, oh, so, oh, so you got, haven't like now. I got to keep an eye out. Yeah, it's actually been. I haven't rewatched it since I've started in the podcast. I'm kind of afraid to. 
I don't blame you. It gets a little scary, doesn't it? It does. You're just like, do I sh- am I going to have to crap all over my favorite? Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I know. I love when I'm just like, okay, this is objectively bad, but I just like it. Speaking yeah. of like, I like this film, Winter's yes. Bone, that we have been <laughs> neglecting to talk about for the last five minutes. <laughs> um, I, I do. I really do like this film um and i know we talked a little bit about it and how she was nominated for an oscar but like this is jennifer lawrence's movie like she portrays re with like such tenacity and strength that it's it's hard not to root for you know like it's so really it's just really well done like it shows these it shows like like a, a a section of society that is very much often ignored and like it shows them without any judgment or or pity either which i think is important because in a lot of movies you tend to like pity them and i don't pity anyone in this movie like they're just living with their certain like they're living their lives because this is the way they live their lives and i i mean i really enjoyed this oh pardon me i enjoyed this film and uh, for me, out of five, this is a five. So, um, I love this movie for a plethora of reasons. It's, um, I think it's a great story. I love the mood. I find a lot of things it does fascinating. But again, like Jennifer Lawrence, just a powerhouse. A lot of times a movie will, even if I didn't enjoy a movie, if it's a great performance, like, it's worth watching for me and her performance is so good that alone um would probably give me like a four star rate because i think it is that good but um i also think this movie is just a five it's always been a five for me i don't think there's anything i would really change about it maybe if i read the book i would be like well now i wish they had done this differently but um i have not so and yeah i i like how everything was done i wouldn't change anything no notes um as far as everyone else, this was made for two million and only grossed fourteen million, which is pretty good, but um, you know, on its budget, but not a lot of people saw this. Like, you know, you said Russell, you didn't really even know what this was. <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and like, you know films and <laughs> like, wait, yeah. what was Winter's Bone? Um, I do. And, like, it was no- and it was nominated obscure. for four Oscars, and like nobody. Um, <laughs> one of the facts I actually didn't even write down, but this was the lowest-grossing Best Picture nominee, I think, as of that time or whatever. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. Like nobody saw it, but <laughs> the people that did were like, "This is great." <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, people saw it because fourteen million is still fourteen million, but. Um, <laughs> put that over the world that's not necessarily a ton for this little I feel like that was like the film critics of the world saw this and that is it and that was their ticket <laughs> <laughs> um, so Russell um, do you use since you use um, Grizz of 10 um, are you familiar with Letterboxd no I'm not I actually Sean said the said that said letterboxed earlier and I was I had to google it cuz I didn't know what it was. No, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I I'm interested and in I'm going to look into more of it after uh, we're done here probably. <laughs> oh, it's uh, 
it is um it's something it is it's a really great way to keep track of what you watch and like what people um that you know like what they watch and what they think about movies and um it's just it's it's a handy tool but it is also a chaotic land of things are not rated what you think um they would necessarily deserve to be rated and yeah. um they do scores out of five and you know everybody that puts in a rating so it's the people of letterbox which are generally um film assholes like us um yeah <laughs> so uh what do you think <laughs> out of five the letterbox users of the world have rated winter's bone um sean you always put in a guess russell you do not have to but given your ratings i am highly curious what you think everybody else would have uh thought this would be collectively um sean do you want to go first sure um so i this movie received like major critical acclaim but it like you said it was very underseen i'm gonna go with a three three point seven yeah that sounds right let's go three seven did you want to put in one russell yeah i'll guess um the general so populace. Of... <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. Whatever no, you're going to say. I was just going to say it's three and then you add uh, it's like three point one, two, three, four, five, whatever you want to do. Sorry. I was, okay. just, <laughs> I was explaining in case you <laughs> forgot that part. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, on a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so the general populace uh, and I usually disagree about movies. So I'm going to go with like a two point six. Really? Yeah. Okay, so this movie actually has a right down the line as a three point five, so like a seven oh. and a seventy a seventy percent on Letterbox, which I think is a little bit low, but not unsurprising for this movie. Um, yeah. For context, um, I know what you did last summer has like a two point seven. Seven. And Still um, can't get over it. Whiplash. I only know this because again, I just recently watched it. Had a four point four. Um, there's this theory that I have so far pretty much seen hold true, like all the best movies in the world for the most part that are just, consi- you know, the movies that are considered like, oh, these aren't the best on Letterboxd have an average score of 3.9. Um, so 3.5 is pretty good. Um, I was, again, shocked Whiplash out of 4.4. I that you don't see above four very often. Um, I think everything ever all, all at once was above four. Probably still is. Um people really like that in the film world including us um yeah that movie should stay above a four at least i fucking loved that movie agreed my favorite movie of last year oh actually russell aren't you doing that movie with us i think uh i believe so yeah (gasps) yay i'm so excited to have you on that one okay i wasn't sure if you'd already done it or if i was doing no i was like uh yeah no it's uh coming up i don't remember when but yes uh that, um so it's good to know at least you you like it <laughs> i also yeah. would think it was really entertaining <laughs> it'd be really entertaining if you were the one person that was like everything everywhere all at once sucks that was boring and stupid <laughs> no um, i got into a facebook argument with someone because they're stupid uh, over that movie <laughs> <laughs> did this argument on facebook affect change <laughs> <laughs> no probably not but i was super <laughs> mad that they said it was the worst movie they'd seen this year because i've seen plenty of terrible movies in 2022 
Yeah, we're looking at you, Top Gun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you take that back, Sean Murphy. <laughs> I said I was just kidding. That was our automatic. <laughs> um, what did you think the worst movie this year was, Russell? Oh man, I I would probably need to name some stuff that came out this past year. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to guess for you. I was going to say Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good guess. I did um, hate that movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm going I'm to guess Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> that was the most disappointing for sure because I was so excited for it. And then I watched it and I was like, this is trash. <laughs> I almost hit you up today. I was like, I don't know what his schedule is, but I kind of wanted to have you come see Megan because I was like, Russell will either think this is the stupidest thing ever or I'll have a really fun time. <laughs> Ma- Megan looks fun. Uh, it's it's probably something I'll wait to watch to what to order to watch. Um, I will say as soon as it is out, I will be buying it on Voodoo and I will be making all of my friends watch it with me. So we might just have, to have a little watch party. Um, I might be down with that. Yeah, it would fun. It'd be fun. And Cassie will just be like, "What the fuck, Clayton?" She always thinks I'm watching the weirdest stuff, but I think she would even like it. The trailer had a Taylor Swift song. Um, I was super happy. I want to say this, and I want this recorded. Okay. So, I was super happy, and also upset at the exact same time when I was telling her about a movie I had watched with Florence Pooh in it, about <laughs> which is Midsummer, and. uh I was telling her about it, and she's like, I watched this. And I was like, so Clayton can get you to watch <laughs> these scary movies, quote-unquote scary, uh, but you won't. <laughs> and so we had, like, this whole conversation. But then we were able to actually talk about the movie, which I did thoroughly enjoy. So I was super happy you made her watch that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, Florence P is amazing in that. I really, really liked her performance as well. I was impressed Cassie watched that whole thing because that's not a short movie and, you know, her attention no. span isn't always uh, the longest with films. Um, so I was really proud of her, actually, for doing that. Yeah. I think she actually might have even seen Mother with me as well. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Poor Cassie. Ask her if she saw mm. that one. She'd probably remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last year. I, I feel like you don't forget mother. <laughs> mother. I, I, yeah. With uh Midsummer, if I had to pick a movie that had the closest to perfect pacing, it probably would honestly be Midsummer. It does have very good pacing. That it's so good. I watch that a lot. Um the director's cut is slightly worse, but I also really like it. Um it adds some extra texture. Um, man, now I want to watch Midsummer, but I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you have anything you want to plug like about your podcast or anything cool coming up? And tell us about your podcast, actually, because uh, we didn't even talk about that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. Um, I figured we'd hit it at the end. So that way, yeah, you know, if they don't want to uh, listen to it, they can <laughs> give us your show souls if you want to share those. And yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I'll just do like a a brief thing real quick if you don't care. Yeah, go for it. Uh. So, 2019. Uh, we started podcasting in 2019. Uh, the podcast name you can find in under Drafty Quarters Podcast Network. Uh, there's currently three shows. Uh, on that feed, 
um, which is why it's called a podcast network instead of mm -hmm. just being a name. But I've had trouble explaining that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but there, we have three shows coming out right now every week. Um, one of them is DQP does, and that's where DQ Drafty Quarters Productions does a movie review. And that is me, uh, my friend Shane, and my friend Dave. And uh, typically we do like a theme thing. Uh, this month is actually Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far we've done A Vampire's Kiss. Oh, uh, my that. God. Uh, don't. Uh, Just it's, don't. It's, it's um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, but... I, I I use interesting as a loose term. Yeah, uh, it's it's a movie. It it, it did get made. Yes, <laughs> it, it got made. People probably got paid. Uh, I, I would hope before it came out because I'm pretty sure it bombed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I imagine. I do think uh, it's fun a bit fact: of a camp classic, though. Oh, is it classic? I think I feel like I feel like there's a group of people that really enjoy it because I mean. Camp Classic was probably better. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it the fun a uh, fun fact uh it is Nicolas Cage's favorite film that he has done. Of course it is. <laughs> if, if you watch it, it does look like he had a lot of fun doing it. But I it feel like Nicolas it... Cage always has a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've done that and Snake Eyes, and then we have Bad Lieutenant coming out, and uh, Mandy, and then the unbearable weight of massive talent. And that will be our January. Fun. Nice. That is a lot of Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, and then we have a uh, we have another show which is DQP Weekly, which is kind of set up like a news newscasting show. We basically uh, run through uh, entertainment headlines and like what's kind of going on in the entertainment world, and kind of discuss and talk about that and like the facts and what is happening. We try to basically i go through 17 different websites to figure out a story and what actually happened because everyone clips everything uh, and then i kind of put that together and kind of explain it um and we do like recommendations of things we've been watching that week uh and then our other show on the network is uh two other guys that are involved with our podcasting and their names are nathan and doug and they do a show called uh it's called the smooth squirrel drafty show um and it's kind of a uh they they took the letters of drafty d-r-a-f-t-y and uh they do different topics each week on those letters oh. really okay <laughs> so <cool>. yeah <laughs> i've listened to your movie ones because obviously i'm into movies and everything um right but i hadn't seen those but every time i see them pop up i'm like what are these <laughs> yeah for yeah, that so last that... one i'm just like what is this <laughs> yeah and some of it's relevant uh some of it's like stuff going on in entertainment or just in general uh it's kind of like whatever they want to talk about um and so that uh, they find ways to fit those topics into those letters uh which usually in humorous ways uh and they they take phone calls uh we also take emails um and we like read the emails on the show and stuff like that fun and if they wanted to get a hold of you on said emails or social media at all 
Oh yeah, I guess I should say it, right? That might be helpful. <laughs> that would, so so Just we can be <laughs> yeah we can be emailed at draftyq at gmail dot com, uh, and then uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Reddit, uh, and that you can find us under on that under uh, Drafty Quarters Productions or usually but just by searching Drafty Q. Nice, nice, nice. Good social media presence. Um, if you want to find us on the socials, we are on Twitter together at Triple M Pod with three M's. I am at Just Happy to See You, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean, you're at Murph the Smurf. Oh, no, wrong one. Sorry, letterbox. <laughs> Whoopsies. I'm tired too. Uh, I'm at Smurf013, S M U R P H 013. And on letterbox, he is at Murph the Smurf. Murph the Smurf, M U R P H T H E S M U R P H. And I am also on letterbox at just happy to see you, number two, letter C, letter U. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Triple M Pod with three M's. And we have a Facebook page, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies. Our email is not short and sweet like draft quarters. Um, ours is this wonderful gem, Men Who Like Men Who Like Movies Pod at gmail.com. And uh, Sean, what are you having us watch next week? Well, compared to this one, this one's a generally lighthearted gem. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're still staying in the cold and I mean like real cold like Alaska cold mm. and we're heading to Barrow for a not great time uh, we are going to go see well, 30 not days great is not the characters. <laughs> yeah exactly 30 great 30 grays 30 days of night I cannot wait which it's a good movie and yes. the, the not good time is you know the vampire part <laughs> oh i think they're a great time not for the characters but for the viewer it's a great time <laughs> yeah it's great for us bad for them like i would not want to be one of those people uh so good cannot wait and uh we've also got a couple things coming up like i mentioned i'm going to go on review it yourself with um other sean and talk about rob zombies halloween films because i have thoughts we are going to be on the two cents critic talking about creep here shortly and uh, I'll be on your podcast, actually, um, at the beginning of next month, talking about yes, something that I don't know if you want me to mention what it is or not yet, or if you're keeping me secret. Um, yeah, no, that's fine. You can uh, say what it is. Oh, well, When Harry Met Sally, wonderful classic, um, to start up Great. February. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I probably will be faking an orgasm on your podcast, Russell. Just warning you, you might have to edit that out if you want. Um, oh, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I uh, try to get to do you know, anytime I get an opportunity to do that on recording, I mean, I'm not going to pass that up. And um, please don't forget to give us a five-star rate, maybe even a review if you have the time. It helps a massive fuck ton. Uh, don't forget to be kind to people. Maybe give them a hand. <laughs> Had to get one more of those in there. <laughs> um, thank you again so much for coming, Russell. Um, I did have one. Thanks for time. having me. <laughs> I'm sorry, this was so scattered again. Very <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, schedules fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the no, worst part. Seriously though, this was awesome. You were awesome to talk to, and I'm really glad we're gonna get have you on here again. Yeah, I'll be glad to be back. 
I know. I'm really excited. I'm excited for one day to find a perfect 10 for you. Um, it's going to be a goal for me now. I'm like <laughs> already like searching. I'm like, hmm, what could Russell have not seen that I could throw at him and be like, what do you think of it? Um, but yeah. So uh, I'm making a list. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be like, what do you think of this one? Like, we know Blade Runner's up there. Like, what did you think of? <laughs> All right, put me in the group chat. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anytime I think of a movie, I'm just gonna be like, The Road to El Dorado, which has come up multiple times now. I, uh, don't um, think you would give that a ten. Um, I, it should be. Oh no. come on, The um, Ember's <laughs> New Groove deserves a ten. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't, don't disparage. All right. I'm not disparaging. I just don't think that. Why do we even have that lever? (laughs) Why do we even have this podcast? Um, (laughs) um, Anyway, until next time, we will all just say goodbye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye, everyone.